Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 2 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I'm Eric Von Hessler. The most handsome producer in producery is right across from me. That's Jared Yamamoto. What's up? Autumn Fisher is adorable and lovely. There she is. Hello. And it is now time for this. Outrage Corner. That's outrageous. With English Nick. English Nick cannot be with us today, but filling in for English Nick. It's like one of those soap operas when a new actress walks in playing some old role. The guy comes over and says, playing the part of English Nick today, Jared Yamamoto. <laughs> but whether English Nick is here or not, there are already always outrages in the world, so report them, sir. That there are. In fact, we're going to start off in star, at Starbucks because they've released a new red holiday cup, but people are outraged about the new design, calling it, quote, a war on Christmas. <laughs> All right. Now, every I take it every year Starbucks has a, a Christmas cup. Sure. And they're usually red, as I recall. Yes. And they have, like, they've never been overtly religious, really. I think they have, like, snowflakes and ice skates on them, put you in the mind of Christmas. So this year is just a red cup, and that stuff is gone. And so people are coming out of the woodwork to say, uh, this is a war on Christmas. Now, on one part, it's an overreaction. Let me just say to all of the people who are upset with the war on Christmas, it's a cup. <laughs> okay, that makes it kind of obvious, but it's a cup. It's not all that important. Now, Starbucks brings some of this upon themselves because in some of their promotion around it, they do allude to, we want everyone to feel welcome in this season. And so obviously, there is political correctness going on here. But I don't think that it constitutes a war on Christmas. I really don't. I think that people are looking for that. No one loves Christmas more than me. Can I tell you that? I'm enamored by Christmas. I have been since I was a kid. I bought the whole thing hook, line, and sinker. They had me until I was nine and a half years old on everything. And still to this day, I still love Christmas. It's my favorite holiday. I get into it as a 51-year-old the same way pretty much I did when I was eight years old. I have to be honest with you. Every year, about this time, Fox News starts the war on Christmas stories, and they never resonate with me. Nothing has ever quelled my love of that holiday, and I'm not religious, so it's not even, there's not really too much, I mean, but still, I listen to all the religious songs, right? Because sure. those were the songs that were playing when I grew up, and that's what I associate with Christmas. But I'm not losing my love for Christmas, and I don't really think that we have to, I don't think we want the state to sponsor Christmas, right? So let's, let's get away from Starbucks and get to the idea of whether or not you're allowed to have uh, displays on the courthouse steps or displays on the statehouse steps and things like that. I love Christmas. I don't care. Separate the two. The state, I think the state should celebrate really no holidays that aren't federal 
You know, just I, I would get them out of that business. I just flag days, th- flag days in, flag days in. Right, right. It's, it's fine. Christmas it's, is out. I, you know, I just don't. I think that there should be a separation between church and state. As long I do not feel like the state in the last fifteen years has made it more difficult for me to enjoy Christmas. So I'm not feeling it. It doesn't resonate with me. And I think that it plays into this hysterical idea of some people on the right. When they look into something like a cup, who cares? Starbucks is run by a liberal. Uh, The guy who is the president of that company, the CEO, is going to run for president one day as a Democrat. He'll start by running for Senate or something along those lines. And that's so you're going to get that politically correct. They're also all of these companies are in a mad scramble to get millennial dollars. And you can't be too politically correct for these morons. Right. And so as a business decision, you're going to be as politically correct as possible just to get those dollars coming in. It's a business decision. And it's not like the old cup had pictures of Christ on it. The old cup had pictures of starflake, star of snowflakes. snowflakes and ice skates, okay, which aren't exactly religious in nature. So let them be as politically correct as they want to be. It's their business. Uh, the von Hessler doctrine is that the new cup at Starbucks does not represent a war on Christmas. Next. Eric, yes. I don't know. I just don't know if I can enjoy, you know, opening my presents and spending time with family and eating delicious, you know, pumpkin-based treats. It's all been ruined now. Without knowing that the Starbucks red cup <laughs> has snowflakes on it. It really is. Uh, we, we, oh, I don't know. I, this is a theme today, right? I just, I remember, the reason that I was, I gravitated toward the right in the Republican Party was that they didn't whine. And they didn't moan. And they recognized that maybe the media is out to get us, but we have to work twice as hard to get our message out. And back in the days of Reagan, they sort of embraced that. And it seems to me that after Michael Moore, it's like post-Michael Moore, I think that Republicans decided we can do that too. We can get upset by every slight. And we can get up and say that everyone's attacking us. I don't see the world that way. I don't see the world as attacking me and my beliefs. I just see that it's my job if I'm to be persuasive with others and try to get them to go along with me. I'm just not as, I don't know. I'm also getting older and maybe losing some energy. You know, I got in an <laughs> argument with somebody a couple of weeks ago. And I didn't even want to. I mean, they were just hitting me with everything about how Obama's great. And I got sucked in. And after it was over, I just thought, I don't want to have these arguments anymore. I'm 51 years old. You know what? If you think everything's great, vote for Hillary. I'm not, I'm not voting for her. But I'm starting to lose a little bit of my energy as far as, I don't care if you agree with me. I'm going to go in, I'm going to vote the way that I vote. You vote the way that you want to vote. And if a candidate wants to win, they need to have a great candidacy. It's got a lot more to do with taxes, taxes or foreign policy. You need somebody who's going to actually get people, seduce people. That's what happens. I know we're off a long way from Starbucks now but uh, in, in, in my rant. But if you want to win and, and, and run things in the country, you have to have candidates who seduce the public. All right, That's what Reagan did. That's what Clinton did. That's what Obama did. When you first fall in love with somebody, certainly if you look back now, there are things in their personality that you didn't like but you don't care. You just forget about it because you're in love. You're falling in love. And a really good presidential candidate does that. He makes you fall, he or she makes you fall in love with them so much that you, oh, I kind of disagree with them, but you know what? I don't care. I still want to like this person. That's the kind of candidate you need. I just don't want to go into 2016 
as part of a Republican Party that is whining and moaning about the press and, you know, Ben Carson's, all CNN said was, we can't find any corroboration of these stories. They didn't say that you're lying. They said, we can't. And then his response is, it's a smear campaign. And then he raises more money in 24 hours than he's raised in a, in a long time. And that tells me that you've got an awful lot of people on the right who are just itching for the fight. And it's really about governance. That's why I became a Republican. Governance. I didn't become a Republican to become a revolutionary. I believe that if you are a revolutionary in America, you're on the wrong track, whether you're on the left or whether you're on the right. There is no need for revolutionaries in America because the founding fathers and mothers set it up so that we had more elections than you can shake a stick at. There are always, there was just an election last week. There are always elections in America. There are always opportunities to change things. That's what you have to embrace. And when you don't win, you simply have to double down and do a better job of persuading more people next time. That's been my narrative today, hasn't it been? It has been. My, I've got, that's two rants in that have, obviously that's where my mind is thinking because I'm worried about the Republican Party because they should win next year and i'm starting to worry about whether they can but here's the thing if you're going to win the presidency either don't mention the fact that you don't believe dinosaurs ever existed or just believe that dinosaurs did exist for one sole reason they did you know here's the fact joseph did not build the pyramids this is not an argument and i understand that that's not governance necessarily but it's a worldview. And the people in the middle, the independents, the swing voters, are going to run like hell when they hear somebody say they know who built the pyramids. Because it's still kind of an ongoing question. One thing we do know for sure is that Joseph from the Bible did not build the pyramids. I understand that that's not tax policy. I understand that that's not foreign policy. But it is about the person's worldview. Okay? And I... You're losing me. That's all I'm saying. And maybe that's not a big deal. But I think I'm a pretty reasonable, rational person when it comes to my vote. I don't let my emotions really carry me away. And I don't really care. I voted for people who didn't believe in evolution before because I figured, eh, how often does the president deal with evolution? It's fine. But if it continues to go, it's like I said earlier, can you just say anything now and it's okay and you can still be considered a front runner for president? If in the next month or two I don't see... Republican voters backing away in droves from Carson in particular uh, and Trump, then it's just going to be an indication to me that my way of thinking and my politics are no longer welcome inside the big tent of the Republican Party. And I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen because I believe in low taxes. I believe in freedom. And this is, I don't have a home in the Democrat Party, that's for sure. So then I'm relegated again to just sort of having. Uh, you know, protest votes for the libertarian or whatever, because I'm still going to vote. I'm never going to just sit home and not vote. And for those that were outraged about this cup, you know, that, that you're that have kind of set up this rant here. Yeah, remember, I know. It has nothing to do I, with I, the I, I don't know. It's, I, it'll, it'll connect together here. So remember, the colors of Christmas are red and green, and right. it is a cheery red cup. So you yeah. know what? So you can. So there's no need to get so angry about it. I'm with you, Eric. You know what I want from Starbucks? A good jolt of caffeine. I don't care about their politics. So the baristas are not allowed to say Merry Christmas to any customer. Oh. When they ask you your name, tell them your name is Merry Christmas. They will have, have to, to put say, it on the cup. <laughs> there you then go. they will have to call out your name, Merry Christmas. There's your there's there's your there's your little protest. Two problems solved right there. There you are. Thank you, Mark. The uh, Mark has solved it all. That's going to be the name of this next show. Mark solves it all. <laughs>
you know, Starbucks is liberal. Who cares? It's not a war on Christmas. All right, try to squeeze in another outrage or two when we return. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. I'm, I'm doing the wrong one. I'm sorry. Go out and pick up your Sunday AJC. I'll tell you more about that at the bottom of the hour. Right now, what I want to tell you is that WSB's Kirk Mellish predicting a high around 50 and just a 4 on the Mellish meter, which is kind of a bummer. This weather report brought to you by Shoemate Air Conditioning and Heating. That was just a tease for the Sunday AJC because at the bottom of the hour, I'm going to tell you what you're going to be looking for in there. So how about that? Is that a good cover-up? Very good. Very, very good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's see if we could uh, fit in another outrage. Yeah, let's come back home uh, where people are outraged because the city of Atlanta is sitting on 6,000 confiscated guns, and they're not doing anything with them. Like They could sell them, they could make some money, but they're not doing anything with them. This is a difficult one. Uh, So there's a state law that says that the city of Atlanta has to resell the guns that are confiscated in crimes or however however the police department confiscates guns. And I guess Kasim Reed doesn't believe in this. So the Democrats, they like the idea that we've got 6,000 guns and they're not on the streets. And we don't want to put them back on the streets. Right. Now, there's a ridiculous part of that, like, are you going to blame the gun? Like, if the gun was involved in something bad before, it's got a bad soul or something, and so it's always going to be... I understand that. Uh, that's kind of ridiculous. Uh, you know, this is kind of... I've been railing on Republicans a lot today because, you know, you go after your own family, maybe a little more than, than the other side. But this is goes the other way on this one. Democrats don't believe that these guns should be back in the street. So what Kasim Reed d- is doing is he's slow-walking the process. He's not te- I think technically he's still within the law, perhaps. He's just slow-walking how long it's going to take to get these guns resold and back out there because he doesn't want them out there. So let me take the logic that I've been throwing at Republicans today and throw it at Democrats. Democrats, if you don't believe that these guns should be back out there, you need to run better candidates for governor. You need to control the state house, and you need to control these this sort of legislation. Doesn't really matter what you think about this, right? The law, the state law, says that you have to put these guns back out there yeah. and resell them to wholesalers, distributors, however it's done. Now, maybe Kasim Reed, you don't like that. But it's on you the next time there's a governorship up for grabs to and your party to uh, put a candidate out there that people will elect as governor. It doesn't matter really what you think politically if you don't win the right elections. That's, that's for Republicans or Democrats. I can understand the point of view that says, let's just keep these 6,000 out of circulation. That doesn't mean that I can't find a gun if I want a gun and I have the right to carry. I can understand that point of view. But you didn't win that state fight, and the law is what the law is. Well, it's interesting, too, that the city of Atlanta thinks that it's above the Georgia legislature. I mean, that's right. why we have a system. We have government in place saying, yeah. to do that. I mean, that's I, I just don't understand. I it's think like, ultimately they know they're going to have to do it. They're just trying to slow walk it as much as they yeah. can to you know basically put some speed bumps into the system and try to get their way without you know having the state house. So let's put it on both sides. If you want more of your point of view to be reflected in law, run better candidates that persuade people in the middle to vote for you. Is this rocket scientist? I don't think so. All right. The time has come, whether we like it or not. My misanthrope buddy, Greg Russ, will join us with stories from Studio B1 when we return.
Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it is time to go pick up your Sunday AJC. This week in the Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution, you'll find uh, an investigation that exposes more abuse of your tax dollars and tells you who's behind the thefts, bribes, and misconduct. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. That's Jared Yamamoto. That is uh, Autumn Fisher. And we can avoid it no longer. It's time for... It is time for, I guess I'll just go right into this and say that it's time for Greg Russ. And He's a misanthrope, he has a dark heart, and he needs a good psychiatrist. New York, New York. It's Greg I Russ with stories from with Studio B1. Alright, Gregory, how you been this week? Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. That's good. That's a good fine. I have two sets of fines. There's a bad fine and a good fine. The answer is always fine. Yeah, but I'm fine. So this is this is leaning a little bit in the area of good. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, what's uh, hit us uh, barely <laughs> hit us with some stories from Studio B One. Well, I know that you have a segment Outrage Corner, but uh, this one, wow, wow, this is blowing my mind. Yeah, the new Star Wars, you know, is coming out, right? Yes. The, For- the Force Awakens. Yes. And it, it comes to light that this robot that's been featured in the trailer, uh, BB-8, it's the robot with the rolling ball. Yeah, it's like a roll. It's like the head it stays magnetically attached to this rolling ball, that one. Yeah. Um, it's a female robot. Can you believe a female robot? This is, I'm, wow. <laughs> what? First of all, first of all, you know, we've gotten to a point in this society where when I was growing up, male and female was defined by your junk. Okay? It's a family <laughs> show. I don't want to get any deeper than that. But it was basically defined by your junk. Now, all of that has gone out the window for human beings, and I'm getting to be, I'm in my 50s now, and I'll let the next generation define their world. That's fine. That's the way it always has been. But this this android, this particular android, is a rolling ball with a head that stays magnet. There's nothing even humanly formed. There's nothing that even looks like an animal that could be male or female. So how could it possibly be that this rolling magnetic ball is a female unless they just say it's a female just to get good press? You're talking about... Sex versus gender, which are two different things. Uh, no, it's they're no, not just, two. I, I recognize that you believe and your generation has created this myth that they're two different things. So I'll go along with that. But in reality, I don't think that they're two different things. Let, let's not even go down that hole. What, the identity let's, hole? Let's, well, obviously, this is where we are. This is no, where we, By the way, that was my bar that I opened. Uh, the identity <laughs> hole. Actually, we. I don't know. I, I got the finances wrong. It didn't work out. But it was a nice little watering place. So well, uh, I think the location. And, you know, off that access road. Yeah, it wasn't even, a good not idea. Even right off the highway wasn't a good idea. Yeah, it wasn't a good it just idea. Didn't work. No, robots. They're sure. Is it a male? Is it a female? I think that's a ridiculous argument. Now, people are saying C three PO referred to as he because I yeah. think that was pretty obvious. If it were, it looked like a person. At least this yes. is my point: is it looked like a person? So, or or you could look like an animal, I guess. But this looked C three PO looked like a person. Now, when it comes to R two D two, I never assigned male or female to those noises made by R two D two. C three PO was a male because the voice was male. Yes, and it looked like it could be a person. It wasn't really male. I'll give you that. 
But if, what I'm saying is, if you're going to have the female droid in Star Wars be a female, is there something wrong with it at least looking like an animal that you could then assign a gender to? This is a, a rolling tin can. I like the way I like the way it looks. I think it, what you brought up initially is the point. Uh, they assigned it a gender because uh, you know here it is from from JJ himself, the director. Yes, uh, determined to make BB-8 cute and strong and female. Oh, yeah. So it's Be- empowering. Oh, and the name is BB. I yeah. feel like BB is a pretty feminine name. Yeah. What about BB Netanyahu? He's a hardline uh, b- b- uh, prime what, minister what of Israel. BB King. Yeah. What about BB oh. King? Yeah, he was no woman. Or can I can yeah. I even say that anymore? I I'm just, embarrassed. I shouldn't have said anything. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I what is this is I do not understand this, and I I think it's hilarious. It, so let's say I'm a 14 year old girl, and I go see Star Wars. How is it empowering that this rolling trash can <laughs> is assigned the gender of a female? I do not understand this. Do you hear this? empowering i don't understand how it's empowering you know what's empowering to me if you told me eric you're now the most powerful person in the world and whatever you say is going to become a law that's empowering i don't understand Uh, so a 12 year old girl is gonna look at that and go hey i could be a rolling tin can droid too how empowering (laughs) well i think i think it's taking that idea that women are underrepresented in the stronger roles in film and just taking it to the next level where now the they're the empowered robots. You get also. to this weird and, thing where people are like, the next James Bond should be a woman. No, the next James Bond should not be a woman because James well, Bond is about, a man. Well, there was that outrage about the next James Bond being being black. Which right. uh, same same thing with the Star Wars. There was a black stormtrooper, and people, oh, some people, not a lot of, but, you know, there were people. There was outrage, and that's why I present this story the same way. That I'm sure there are people out there who are angry. Not yeah. not you going after thinking it's ridiculous, but people are probably angry that it's a, a female. You know, they're robot. just as stupid to be angry by it. And I never understood the whole faux outrage of a black stormtrooper. There've been <laughs> there've been, there been black lead actors, maybe not the lead, but there've been l- black lead actors in Star Wars movies. Uh, since uh, since the, the the second one, Empire Strikes Back. So well, I they were upset because they're supposed to be clones, though. They're supposed to be this one generic person that's a clone, and, right? And and they and the clone was white. Hey, I got news for people. All right, it, it, it's a trailer, so you don't know the movie yet, and you don't know the whole story, <laughs> and there may be actually some kind of explanation for it. But I mean, you really have to reassess your life if the the. Uh, the color of a stormtrooper is really, really bothering you. That's about and, and, you. That's a you problem. And I think that maybe things like this happen where there's a female robot to offset those other people who are so extreme on the other side, the idiots who would be angry that there's yeah. a female. You side. know what I'm yeah. sick and tired of? It's like the Bond thing, uh, 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 Spectre. My 17-year-old went and saw it last night said it was terrible, which surprised me. I, I, Shocking. I, I, I didn't know. But, you know, there's uh, all this talk from Jane, you know, the guy who's playing Daniel Craig, who's playing James Bond, and all these interviews of you know Bond is a misogynist and he's not a good person. And I just, look, James Bond is a cartoon character of a Cold War spy. That's what James Bond is. Nobody goes to watch James Bond movies to get a a, a check on reality or what society should be. So just shut up with all that. And then the lead up with the Star Wars, uh, Carrie Fisher, who plays Princess Leia, you know, I never liked the idea that my female character was in peril and not empowered. And so are you you telling me that that movie would have been better 
if you hadn't been enslaved? I mean, shut up. Well, well, what about this? I love you. I know. Wow. That's, you know, he should have said, I love you back. Oh, is that the... I disagree. I think that that's super hot for some reason. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I think there's a lot of women who think that's hot too, but... but, see, but I honestly not. don't know what you guys are talking about. Oh, Han Solo talking to her. Yeah. Okay, oh, right? She right. says, she says, I love you to him. And he says, I know. Yeah. You know, Which you? I think is pretty, pretty awesome. And for some reason, you know, if you want to look at it and say, why is that sexy? Yeah. It's difficult to say without kind of myself sounding like a misogynist. No, you're not sounding like a misogynist. You're just going against the idiocy of the day. The, the truth is that everyone should be allowed to pursue their dreams, no matter what their gender is. But there is a difference between the male gender and the female gender. And pointing that out is not hate speech. It, if you tried to stop somebody from doing something because of their gender, either one, that would be something to go against. But you don't want men and women to be the same. I mean, why, what is this race to sameness in the society? Everyone's the same. You know what that is? That's the median. Mediocre. It's a society where you want every, everyone's beautiful all of a sudden. No, that's not true. That's not true that everyone's beautiful all of a Not physically. Maybe as people, they're beautiful. But I am not as good looking as Brad Pitt. Okay? I can live in a society where newspaper editors and millennials will tell me that I'm as good looking as Brad Pitt because that's the way we all want to believe. But at the end of the day, the two plus two equals four reality is I'm not as good looking as Brad Pitt. And I would rather live in a world that is based on truths. So yes, if you're overweight, you shouldn't be ashamed of yourself, but you're not as good looking as a Sports Illustrated model. I'm sorry uh, to some people, because some people like that body type, but to the mainstream, it's not the same. And I don't understand this rush to, we should all be the same. The same as the median. The median is mediocrity. We should be celebrating differences. We should be celebrating dynamic society, people moving up, people moving down, uh, people going sideways. Not everyone should be the same. We're all beautiful. It's real. It's dealing with reality on reality's terms. Yes. And then figuring out how can I make reality work for myself? Sure. You know, jo everyone hates George W. Bush now, even most of my Republican friends. And he did make plenty of mistakes as president. But the one thing that I liked about him is he used to often say, it's my job to deal with the world as it is, not deal with the world as I wish it to be. And I feel like now, not only with this president, but with this whole millennial feminist nonsense, it's let's just pretend the world is the way we want it to be. So people who weigh 400 pounds are just as good looking as people who are in tip-top shape. That's not true. We can all tell each other that, but it's just not true. Well, I've been a big splash of cold water on um, the audience today, haven't I? Been? Well, happy <laughs> Sunday to everyone. We got to take a break, and when we return, I'll rant and rave about a thing or two more, and then we'll get the heck out of here. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5. And AM 750, WSB. Welcome back. WSB's Kirk Mellish is predicting a high around 50. And that only translates into a 4 on the Mellish meter. But don't let it get you down. You know, you hear a lot about this seasonal affected disorder. People get sad on days like this. Don't be sad. It won't be a 4 forever. I can see a break in the clouds. 
This weather report brought to you by Shoemate Air Conditioning and Heating. This weather report slash talk. Inspiration. <laughs> Inspirational talk. That's what I was looking for. That's what I was looking for. All right, Gregory, we only have a few minutes left. Give me another story from Studio B1. George Barris is dead. He uh, created the Batmobile. He was 89 years old. And, you know, I'm not happy that he's dead, but that Batmobile, overrated. Like, I, I think he was just showing off not thinking about the character of Batman mm-hmm. and what would serve his needs the best because it was a convertible and people try to kill Batman. Batman doesn't kill, but people try to kill him. Yeah. And you could shoot him in the head as he's driving. It wasn't <laughs> <close>. <laughs> it wasn't, I don't think it was that great of a Batmobile. Sometimes people say to me, why do you have Greg on the show? And that is exactly why I have him on the show because I have never. That? I had never, don't get paranoid, I had never, I had never thought of that. But that is an absolutely great uh, point. If you were going to make a Batmobile that worked, you would not, it wouldn't be a convertible. Because it would be too easy to shoot and kill Batman (laughs) as he was driving down the road. You are absolutely correct. The man should be in some sort of bubble. So, but this George Barris, uh, what did he look to be, 90 or something? 89, 90 years? 89. He also made the uh, Munster uh, vehicle. And a few other things that we've seen. So it wasn't just the Batman, although that was his, his most famous one. But uh, my understanding is that that was like a really crappy car that he put together. That it wasn't that difficult. Was, he bought the car for like $4 and just reworked it. No, this is true. This wow. is true. He had had it in his garage for a long time, and then they came, they came and, uh, and, and basically he, said, we need a Batman thing, and he just rolled this thing out and, and worked it out. And he. He bought it for one dollar. He bought then, it for one dollar. Sunk fifteen thousand into it, but yeah, he, he yes. took a dollar car and built that. Uh, so, uh, and he lived to be eighty-nine. That's not a bad run, man. That's a that's a good life. I'm wondering if I'm going to make it that long, and I'm thinking probably not. So the richest yeah. man in Gotham had a one dollar car. Come on now. Well, Come fifteen thousand dollars in one dollar, basically, because he sunk Batman. fifteen thousand in there. For uh, what it's worth, in 2013, it sold at auction for 4.6 million. Wow! You know, for what it's worth, I've done a lot of great things. I feel like in my career, I think I've, we've had great shows before this, uh, really great shows. But I, I chose a field where you do what you do, it goes out in the air, and everybody forgets it. This guy builds one vehicle in 1964, and he's able to live his entire life off of it, and I'm jealous. But rest in peace, George Barris. There certainly were worse people than you in this world. <laughs> so we're going to miss you. All right, look, uh, if you want more of me, ericvonline.com, E-R-I-C-V-O-N-L-I-N-E.com. We do this show every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Forget the NFL. Just get in your car, drive around 285 for two hours, and listen to us every Sunday afternoon. Uh, thanks to Jared. Thanks to Autumn. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to Mary Ellen. Thanks to Mark. That was this episode of the Von Hessler Doctrine. We'll chat with you again next week at 1 p.m. Have a great week. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.